Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Today we chat with Stephanie Pappas, who is the executive director of one of the largest and oldest real estate investing groups in the country, which is called DIG, based in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. Stephanie is not only the executive director of this group that boasts over 1,000 members, but she's also a very active investor who has been investing since 2000 and has done over 30 deals with a specialty in flipping homes. On today's episode, we discuss the biggest mistakes when networking with others, why it's valuable to join a local investing group, and the number one skill to powerfully connect with people and build long-lasting relationships. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. We're appreciative that you're back here on the Real Estate Investor Show where we are making great strides. We're, we're almost uh, through what we're on our way to 50, right, Andressa? Episodes? Yes. So that's pretty exciting stuff. 31 countries? Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Very cool. So we, we appreciate all of you listening and uh, we have a phenomenal guest. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, how are you? Good, good. We're excited to have Stephanie on the show and jump into her story here in a moment. But before we kind of get to Stephanie and, and you know, chat with her a bit, I uh, just wanted to share, Andressa, something that I'm very excited to share. So okay. I'm excited to share a lot of things, <laughs> but I'm really appreciative this morning because we are, um, about a, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we uh, basically, um, you know, published, we published and then released a book from Bigger Pockets called Raising Private Capital. My husband yes. wrote it and my husband wrote it, but I, I really contributed quite a bit and, and I felt like I wrote it quite honestly, but no, um, <laughs> I'm just really proud of it because I, I actually, I have a copy, but then we gave it away and, and I'm, I have a few copies with me and I'm going to be giving, I'm going to be giving a talk this evening and I'm like really appreciative of it. I was, I was holding it this morning and it just goes to show you like how long sometimes things take. And yeah. I was just really stopped and I'm like, wow, this was an idea once, you know, and it's just, and I'm proud of the book. And it basically is all about how to raise private capital from lending to, you know, to private equity deals. And it's kind of our stories woven through it. And he said people reach out to him saying like, you know, really appreciate your story and, and, and the content and your vulnerability because he shares some things that didn't work and, and, and it's yeah. kind of hard to do. So I was just kind of holding it this morning, like a, like a dork in my kitchen, dr drinking my coffee. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> we talked about this over like two years ago and here it is finally. And, and hopefully it's helping people. So I just wanted to Absolutely. just say that and share that. Cause I was feeling kind yeah, of, I can appreciative. You know, put my stamp on it because while you guys were writing the book and the 1031 exchange story happened and you guys got to, you got to, read that story and you guys were in the middle of it and I saw how raw it was and how vulnerable and courageous it was for everybody to just face it the reality and and share it with others because the, the, that's the goal like how can we avoid this situation to happen in the future and what are the lessons that we're learning here so just that alone, yeah, is just so powerful to me is not even funny. Yeah, and I'm gonna we're gonna be sharing some of our like Andres and I in terms of solo shows. So so ladies listening to this as as we continue on, we're invite you know we're inviting and having amazing women on our show like we always do. But we're also gonna be incorporating uh, as Andresa just mentioned, especially that story. And we're gonna yeah. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about that story and what happened and. And everything around it. So anyway, so um, I'll, I'll, on the show notes, I'll just share the link. If anyone has any interest in raising private money, uh, you know, you, you, ch you check it out, see if it's something worth your time. And uh, you can you could purchase it on Amazon or Bigger Pockets. So with, with further ado, without further ado, excuse me, uh, Stephanie, welcome again on the show. And, uh, you know, thanks for being with us. As we like to start with all the, the women that are on our show and just amazing ladies we've had on the show, including you, if you can share with us a little bit about your story, but most importantly, what pulled you into real estate investing? Because there's a lot of things we can do with our time. There's a lot of things we could do with our life. So what for you compelled you personally to get involved as a real estate investor? Okay. So uh, my mom, my brother, we're both into real estate. My mom had some rental properties that didn't go well. 
Um, she and my father fought a lot about them and uh, she let people slide with rent and he didn't think they should. And I never wanted to do that, but I always liked the whole real estate thing. So when I got divorced, I went with a girlfriend. Uh, we went to look at a house that we thought, let's flip this together. That would be so fun. And it wasn't called flipping back then. It was just rehabbing. But um, It didn't so have a term, right? It didn't now, have like 50 shows on HDTV, now, right? <laughs> and, and nobody to tell you how to do it. So we went and, you know, we were a little nervous, but, you know, um, I'm real hands-on and she's, you know, redid her own house. So we went and we met this guy there who had the listing and he was from dig so we talked about it we said said well why don't we just go to dig let's check it out and we were both single at the time and we thought well worst case we find some guys that are interested in real right. estate Stephanie, so so for the ladies that are listening to us because as i mentioned we have like 31 different countries so explain to us what what is dig Okay, DIG is a nonprofit investment group that has been around since 1978. We're celebrating our 40th year this year. And what we do is we educate real estate investors on how to do things ethically, the correct way, and locally. Um, awesome. Locally is important because things don't always work the same in other areas. Got it. So this guy was from DIG. Mm -hmm. He nice. said, you, you ladies ought to go to DIG. So we did. We went and... She didn't find any guys that were interesting, but I was so intrigued because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a whole room of people that do what I want to do. And when I say I want to flip a house, they don't look at me and say, oh, don't do that. That's scary. That's dangerous. You lose all your money. So I just got sucked in and I've been there ever since. And that was in 2000. So um, that's what got me started. I got my education there. And as I got educated, I felt more comfortable. And I think that's important is when you're educated on how to do things, they become comfortable to you and you're not afraid anymore. Yeah, that is so true. And I, I you know, want to just speak to Dig because we, I was, re again, reminiscing with my husband as we were preparing for our interview and it was 2002 was when we went to okay. our first Dig meeting. Right. And, and I just remember like being in a room with a bunch of people and it was so helpful and uh, one of, there was a number of speakers, but a lot of our landlording practices came from Don Beck, you know, we were just chatting about and just so much useful information. So Stephanie, when you, you lead, you know, a very large networking group, I mean, and everyone, no one would disagree with you to say that you need to get educated, right? I don't think anyone, if you yeah. pulled them would say, no, 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 you should completely be uneducated before you invest. <laughs> so I think there's agreement there, but then how you get educated and how much you should get educated yeah. is really, I think, up for discussion. So for you, you attended how many networking meetings? Like what was your path before you pulled the trigger and did your first flip? Like, like specifically, what did you actually attend and what was your path? What did that look like? Okay. So I, I, the first couple meetings I went to, I was just kind of overwhelmed because there's a lot of people there. Um, we have about a thousand members in DIG right now. Um, so I went to a lot of those. I took some of the classes. We call them DIG U now. They were the 101 mm. classes in the past. And one was Don Beck on landlording. And um, he got me past my fear of landlording. I now mm -hmm. own three rental properties because I'm not afraid to do this. Um, but I really, my passion is flipping houses. I love doing it. I like taking something that's ugly and making it pretty. So um took some classes on rehabbing, uh, went to visit people's rehab projects, asked questions, found people that were doing it and just picked brains. And then we have subgroups that were started not too long after that. And people just network there and talk about their projects. And the most inspiring stories are ones where people actually failed, but are still in the business because everybody has mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but with education, hopefully you mitigate how many of those you have or how expensive they are. So um, that got me past the fear of actually stepping in. And I bought my first property in 2000, I believe it was 2000. And um, I had my son who was a contractor, young contractor at the time, but uh, experienced. And I told him I wanted to learn how to do everything myself because I didn't want men contractors coming in and and overcharging me for stuff. I wanted to know how long it took. Because, you know, when you get to the car mechanic, they tell you all oh, this stuff's wrong with your car. You don't know. You know, I don't know if it's really wrong with it or they're just, you know, you know, trying to make money off of me. 
So he did. He taught me how to put kitchen cabinets in, how to lay vinyl floors, how to um, do drywall work and um, crown molding, trims, all that kind of stuff. So very helpful. And the, one of the first lessons that I got to use that at is I had a contractor who was supposed to put a vinyl floor in for me. And he told me it was going to take two and a half hours to take the toilet off. And I, I just looked at him and said, I can do it in 15 minutes if you want to watch me. <laughs> so that ended that. And he never complained again. He just did it and got it done. So, wow. I think it's amazing. I, I feel that when you go to those networking events for the first time, it's like traveling to another country. It is. It is. You're looking around and say, where those people live? What language are they speaking? <laughs> right? Because if you've never done a deal before and you start talking about this with family members and, and friends that usually have nine to five um, jobs, they will not speak the same language, will not even comprehend what you're talking about. But when you go to those networking events, you're going to find people that already did what you're looking to do mm-hmm. or are on the same boat as you, has this, have the same fears, the same questions, and you that feeling of being alone is just gone, right? So, but my point on going to those networking events, if you open your mouth and start asking questions, you're going to get your answers. I don't know your, your experience, Stephanie, but do you feel that at the beginning there is this overwhelming feeling that get people paralyzed? That they oh, get yeah. Yeah, for so sure. I, I was kind of like that when I went in because, you know, when you go to a main meeting for DIG, there's, you know, 200 people in the room. Right. And- who do you talk to? Because they're all doing different things. So it's finding that person, you know, you talk to one person and they'll give you advice. If you talk to somebody who won't, you walk away. There's 199 other people in that room to talk to. So if you get shot down and they don't want to share, go find somebody else because there's plenty of people in this business. We all, I mean, you guys know, we love sharing our stories and sharing our rehab projects and what's, you know, the best thing about it and how this was so successful. Um, Everybody likes to share success. They may not want to hold your hand through 20 projects, but they will give you advice or, you know, at least the people, the, the board members that they will lead you to somebody that can give you advice or give you some tips, go here, take this class. Um, You know, the YouTube videos are great, but they're not always local and real estate's local. We all know that like, you know, where to buy, where's the best, places and where are prices increasing, where are they decreasing, that you get from knowledge from local people. And that's what you get at at a group where you all share these ideas together. I was going to ask that, Stephanie, because, you know, in, in the world of, you know, being online and social media, I mean, so many people are online, you know, networking with each other, connecting with each other, um, doing deals together, you know, online they, they, where they, you know, people have said, I, I bought properties online. I've never seen them. I've, you know, I've, I've done joint ventures with people, never met them. You know, you'll hear that more and more these days, more right. than you heard when we started. I mean, and, you know, and there's some phenomenal resources out there and we, we all know them that, that you can really connect and, and they're very useful. Why do you think the face-to-face, you know, local networking still holds value today in, in the busyness that people have, the, you know, the, they're, they're trying to build a real estate investing business, they're working, they have kids, you know, especially women. Like, where, where do you, why, why is it so important to get out there and meet people, especially in your local community? Like, what do you think are the, you know, reasons that people should do that more than just doing online kind of connecting and networking? I think it gives you kind of an accountability because you see these people month after month, you want to do something, you want to be successful. You don't want to be, Oh, there's that person that has never done anything and has been here for 20 years. <laughs> I think, I you don't think, want to be that person. That's right. No, you, don't no. want to be that. you want to do something and to get motivated. You have that backing and support. You've got people that'll say, you got this, you can do this, or let me look at your numbers. I'll see what I, you know, if there's something you're missing. And I think that's important. You can't do that on a YouTube video. You can't, you know, write in, hey, Joe, can you explain how to figure out the numbers on this? And it's local. Like I, I watched a show last night on, you know, rehabbing in 
the numbers, I don't know how they get the stuff done for that number, (laughs) because in Philadelphia area, the costs are probably double what they were in Texas. You probably know which show I'm talking about. So, and the prices of the properties, I mean, I had a speaker from Atlanta come in, we drove past a house and I said, so what do you think that house is worth? And he said, probably 60, 70,000. And I laughed because that house was worth 350,000. So I'm like, (laughs) yeah, you, you can tell us, this is how you rehab. You spend $20,000 and you get a beautiful rehab and you make 15. Well, you can't spend 20,000 on anything in this area. I mean, it's, that's, that's to purchase the property that yeah, has nothing to, payment. <laughs> right. That's not even, that doesn't get you in the door. So, you know, I think the local information helps because it's realistic, but I, I think the accountability, I think you go to these meetings every month and everybody's sharing what they're doing. you get that excitement, keeps you motivated. Let me keep going because everybody else is doing this. I should be able to do it too. Absolutely. Sometimes I, I get messages, you know, from bigger pockets, Facebook and that type of uh, social media where people say literally, hey, Andressa, how are you? Can you please share? And then they put a list, your GC contact, your title insurance, everybody else. Yeah, right. Right. And I was like, are you serious? So the lack, I don't know if it is ignorance or it's just the person being naive. Face-to-face will build that relationship that you cannot build that online at all. No, no. I know when we get to the meetings and, you know, you get the people that have been taught, hand out your business cards. That's the best way to make contacts. It's not. You have to have a conversation first. Yes, talk. And Dog. you don't want to hand your business card to just anybody because you may not want to do business with them. So the one thing with the networking, especially like at our smaller groups, is I know these people. I know their values. I know what they really think. You know, if they're saying, oh, man, my house is upside down. I'm just going to walk away. I don't want to lend them money because I want them to feel obligated. I signed that I'm going to be responsible for this money. I'm going to pay it back or I'm going to find some way to work it out not just walk away. I, you know, you, you got to have people that have the same values of you, as you. And the only way to get that is to meet them per, person to person. Exactly. I went to a networking event about networking and this lady was saying, instead of asking, okay, what do you do for a living? If they have a job or they rehab, ask them, what should I know about you? Talk to me. And that oh, is an open question. Mm-hmm. So what they say, you got to pay attention to what they're going to say after that. Yes. That will tell a lot about them. And I think you were mentioning such a great point. Don't give your business card right away because you don't know if you want to do business with that person. Have a conversation, a, right. maybe informal conversation about a different subject. I'm not sure. Just engage first and then you check, okay, this person, you know, we might be aligned and then start dating first, not get married. Right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things is I do flips. So when I ask for a contractor referral, if I haven't seen that person's flip, their referral means nothing to me because the way I do my flips <laughs> is not the way everybody else so does. True. So I true. am so picky. I'm so anal. There's not one speck of dust on the floor. I wash my windows before I walk out of that project. And a lot of people don't do that. And you're, you're recommending a contractor that could leave all his crap all over my property. I'm not using him. So, you know, you need the contacts, but you also need to vet them as well. And vetting them involves, let me go see your project. Would you mind if I stop by? I want to see how you do your project. And do business with the people that do business the way you do business, not just because they have a YouTube video or they have a, a you know, some website or something. You want to do business with people that have the same ethics as you do, the same morals, everything. You know, they think the same way. The houses I do, my rentals, every house I do, I would put any one of my children in. I'm not embarrassed to show them. I'm not embarrassed to put my name on them. I want people to be, oh, she does a really nice project. And that's what, that's my ethical standards. And hopefully everybody at Dig gets that. Um, you know, because a lot of us do business the same way. What do you think, Stephanie, are the biggest mistakes people make when they're networking? 
because it's so easy to do, go to a meeting, pay the however much money, and, and then they leave there and, they're, and then they still complain about maybe not achieving the goals they want or meeting the people they want to meet. So people make a lot of mistakes when, you know, when attending these meetings. It seems simple, like just show up. And, right. you know, but it's really, it, it takes a little bit of a, a, a strategy. It takes a little bit of a, of a finesse. So what would you say are the biggest mistakes that people, people make uh, when, when coming to dig meetings or really that it's applicable to any local networking, right? Anyone listening to this, if, if not from this area, when you go to your local meeting, what do you find to be the biggest mistakes that, you know, people make when, when networking and when trying to build those relationships? I think they don't listen to the person they're talking to. They're so intent on exchanging cards and information that they don't actually listen. You know, I've got a lot of experience. I don't do as many houses as Andressa does. I have other things that I like to do. I'm older. I have grandchildren. I like to spend time with them. I don't want to be working hours and hours every week. So I do projects when they come along. But I don't think people listen when you talk. So like if I meet you and you're doing this multi-million dollar business and you're running around every single day, that's not what I want. I want a more relaxed situation. So maybe you're not the one I want to talk to on how to do 20 construction projects at one time because I'm never going to do that. So listen and, and talk to those people that are more on the same wavelength as you are. Find the people that are kind of casual about it if that's what you're looking for. If you want to ramp up your business and go from zero to 100, then Andress is a person to talk to for sure, because that's what she's done. So I, I don't think people listen. I don't think they pay attention. I think they just grab as many business cards as they can. And they think, wow, I networked. And 20 of those 30 business cards all belong in the trash because they have nothing they'll ever need of value from that person. So I, I think, you know, you've got to find the people that can help you grow your business you can't just pick brains. You have to make an effort. Um, people aren't willing to spend the time. They think everything's going to be easy. I can just ask this person and they're going to find a project for me. They're going to throw it in my lap and they're going to lend me the money and they're going to walk me through it. Right. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Get in line for that, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, there's people that charge for that, but I just, I think people just don't listen. They don't pay attention. I've had people walk out of our meetings and say, well, I didn't learn anything. I mean, I've been going to these meetings since 2000 and every single meeting I go to, I pick up something. I may have heard that speaker 10 times, but maybe I didn't learn yeah. anything from that speaker, but I learned something from the person that I stood next to when I was listening to the speaker. Um, you pick up a, a contact, somebody that's got a property, you know, it's just it, pay attention when you're there, pay attention. Yeah, I can't agree with you more, Stephanie, because I think a lot of people get to the point in their, say their experience, right? They've done some flips, they have a rental portfolio, and they just stop networking, right? Because they're like, I'm good. I, I, I got, I've gotten there. Whatever, wherever there is, they've gotten there, right? Where, where, wherever that is. I don't know where that is. But I mean, you. <laughs> no, matter, no matter how much we grow our business, Andressa grows her business, you know, I always see value in networking. I mean, because people need each other. And, and right. you know, it, just because you have a rental portfolio, you probably need leads to buy right. more rental portfolio. That's kind of where we are. We're like, right. we got the team, we got the money, we, we, need, more, we need more deals to do right now. <laughs> exactly. Hello, right. that's why we you should be going do. to networking. Right. We all do. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. People, I think people get to the point where like, oh, if you're new, you need to network. And if you're experienced, you don't. And I, I think that's so wrong. That's because so wrong. It's so wrong. It's really not true, first off. But, and secondly, it's, it's just you're shooting yourself in the foot. And because um, if you're not growing, you're, you're, they say you're dying, right? You're not, if you're not expanding, yeah. you, you're, you're retreating. So I can't agree with that more. Yeah, I just want to mention something when you say that they're not listening. If they're not listening to the other person, they're listening more to the voice inside their head. That's why they couldn't pick up one golden nugget when somebody, a speaker is there. I completely agree with you. I've been on the same presentation several times. It was never the same. Either the guy said something in a different way. I was in a different stage of my life. I was thinking something else. So I believe that networking has a lot to do about being present at that moment with that person. And really 
being there, engaging without any freaking agenda. Right. Sometimes people are like more about what they need instead of let me seek to understand and engage, which takes effort. They're more like, okay, this is what I need. I need lead or I need funding. I need all of that. Let me see how you can help me. Right. And it's just so like, I, I, can't, I can't express how visible that is. After a little while, you're just like, oh my gosh, this person is either clueless or selfish, one or another, pick one. Right. right. Yeah. And I think with real estate, you have to be like a sponge. You just yeah. suck everything in. You don't know mm -hmm. when you're going to need that information. But it's funny because when something comes up and you're like, oh my gosh, I remember that. I learned that. Uh, I just think, you know, there's never the same situation in real estate. It's never the same property. It never needs the same work. It's never the same seller. It's never the same buyer. Pick up all different kinds of strategies because, okay, maybe I don't know how to do a lease option, but I know 10 people at Dig that do. So now I don't have to know it. I just have to know who knows it so I can get help when I need it. So true. And just yeah. paying attention. Pay attention to who's there, what they do. Ask them what they do. Don't just take their time and say, I want to know how to do this. Say, what is your specialty? What do you, what do, you do? And how long have you been doing lease options? Or how long have you been doing flips? And how did you get started? I mean, that's, that's, sometimes it just falls in people's laps. Sometimes they marry somebody that's doing rehabs. Sometimes, you know, that just grandma left them a house. And it's always interesting to hear their story. You learn a lot about people's stories. And I, I can't agree with you more. People like to, I think it comes from like that ego-centered type of part of who we are, like where we feel like if we talk first, we're going to seem important and we're going to seem like we know a lot. So therefore, people don't want to ask first because they almost seem like, you know, they're not, oh, I, I want to look like, I want to look good here. Right. But I have to agree with you. Like when I meet people and they're like, what do you do? And you know, what, what, what's your business all about? What do you think my next question is? After I share what we're up to, my, first, my next question is, unless I'm rude, I'm going to walk away, but I'm not going to do that, of course. I'm going to stand there and go, what do you do? Like, right. you're always going to get a chance to share, but sharing after someone else is actually much better because you get the chance to seek to understand that person. So sharing some great, great suggestions and, um, you know, just really good stuff because it's just not as obvious. <laughs> Networking is not as yeah, obvious. And it's not easy. You know, no. if you're outgoing and friendly, it's easy, but it's not easy going into a strange situation. And sometimes just ask a stupid question. Like, do you have any cats? Do you have dogs? Like just break <laughs> the ice, just say something. And hopefully, you know, when you go, there's people that are kind of in charge, go up and ask them, you know, guys, I'm here new and I want to learn about whatever it is. Is there like a class or is there somebody here that can help me? And they'll lead you to somebody they know is going to be nice to you or help you out. Um, they know people. I, I mean, I know, I don't, I probably don't even know a third of the people at DIG, but I know a good portion of people. I know what they do. I know what they specialize in. And I know the ones that are going to be willing to talk to you and you know who not to send you to because they're too busy and they don't care. They don't want to help. There are people like that in every group. You need to find the people that are willing to talk to you and help you. Yeah. It goes back to those student mentality about always, always learning. If we, even, even a person that is coming for the first time comes from that perspective about student mentality, everybody in that room is a student. I always say that you don't know if the person next to you has a hundred doors or this is just her first deal. Don't judge the book by the cover that that's not going to lead you to anything. I've walked to my own projects so many <laughs> times. I'm 5'4", okay? I'm 5'4". Uh, uh, English is not my first language. So when I walked in, the subs that did not know me look at me and said, how can I help you? Lady? <laughs> no, no, young lady, young lady, yeah. how can I help you? At least they said young. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> they don't say that to me anymore. <laughs> they no, call me young lady. I'm ma'am no. now. I'm not, so I'm not miss anymore. So. And then the next question, when I tell them who I am, and they say, hold on, how old are you? <laughs> I didn't even think you had a driver's license. I was like, you're kidding me. Come on. <laughs> right. So it's just, it, it, I am the one that writes your check. 
That's all I usually say, not to be rude or anything, but just like, so like, oh, hold on. And then I start making jokes with them. So they know, they know who I am and everything else, but don't, don't just go to the people, you know, wearing suits and all of that. Sometimes the, the person next to you, really, you can have a great connection with them and you never know when that golden nugget, that little piece of advice, personal or business will apply to your life. Sometimes it's just a single sentence that will make so much difference in in, in people's life. I couldn't, I couldn't like say it more. And as you were saying, Stephanie, it's not like a happy hour type of thing. It's mindful, right? You got to go there with purpose. So that, that perception that is easy Mm-hmm. It, it, it is not. not. You've got to put effort and sometimes you've got to get out of your comfort zone and really start a conversation. For sure. And that's, that's hard. But you can always say, hi, I'm new here. What do you do in real estate? And listen, just listen, because yes. it'll tell you a lot. And, you know, you always learn something. You, you get a connection, you learn something, but you have to listen. And you have, like you said, get out of your comfort zone start asking questions, shake hands and, you know, sit at the meeting through the meeting. Don't walk out. I mean, people, we have speakers that sell product and your people walk out. All they're doing is trying to sell to us, but nobody's holding a gun to your head and making you buy. So listen, listen to what they're talking about. You don't have to buy anything, get something out of it. And if you don't have anything to do with the speaker topic, go talk to people at the end of the meeting and get something out of that. Like talk to those people. There's always something to learn at a meeting. There's always somebody to meet, no matter where you're at. So funny you're mentioning that. I was at a Tony Robbins event um, a couple of months ago here in Philadelphia, more than like 5,000 people. And um, one of the previous speakers uh, was for the Millionaire Mind Experience, which Mm -hmm. is a three-day event, Um, T. Harp. Ecker is the the guy who started this and he started talking about it and people start, you know, walking out because they knew he was going to offer something at the end. So the guy that I knew him before, and I was so excited to see him again, he was like, I need to talk about what is happening right now for all the people that are really walking out that has more to do with you than with me. Your perception about sales and everything else, that is holding you back from your own business. If you have an issue with selling yourself, if you don't believe on what you're selling, how can you possibly sell that product, that service to somebody else? And if you are here, you are selling something if you didn't realize that. So he stopped everything and he's like, and by the way, the three day that I'm going to propose here, it's free people. So all of you that are in the bathroom, right? There's no cost for that, but you just shut yourself down. As you were saying, nobody's holding a gun. Listen, listen. If you relate to the person and to the service, I've bought so many things in my life. Some of them were not worth it. Some of them were. How would I know if I haven't bought it. I'm not engaging anybody to buy a lot of things, but at some point, if you really want to grow your business to the next level, you've got to engage in in different tools that you will need in order to get to the next level. There's no, there's no such thing as just like shutting yourself down. Right. Absolutely. I remember one of the courses we bought in uh, early on at Dig was I think it was Robert Sheeman. I don't know if he's still doing uh, workshops. Or, he is. is he? he is. Last year. God yeah. bless him. Yeah, that's awesome. But, you know, and we, t- we took one of his one-day workshops. And, uh, you know, I remember him saying, go- now this is before, like, online was really online. But right. I'm like, you know, uh, but, it, but it was true. It, was, it wasn't as, as big as it is now. He said, go to, your, um, go to your newspaper and call all the for rent ads. Because these are landlords that potentially, obviously they have vacancy and they may just be tired of right. renting. He's like, and I remember that, like, I remember not connecting with some of the things he was saying, but a lot of things he was saying was useful. That was one thing we did that the next week. And that was our first property that we bought. 
it was a duplex and we, awesome. we called yeah, it was awesome. I'm like, yeah. I have so much to be so grateful for. If, if I got nothing else out of that workshop, that was, right. wor- that was worth the weight in gold of, of that. Right. And I remember it today. That was what, 15 years ago? Right. I mean, so, so yeah, I agree it, with you. You could probably, always get enough. I probably of- paid $39, $59 for oh, that I know. workshop. I know. I, I, I got to send him a thank you card. Yeah. I should send him the book. You know, hey, thanks so much. Helping us that get started. So I remember that I, I don't remember the cost was years and years ago, but I bought this, um, it's called real market master, how to analyze the market and do comps. Um, and I really got into it Uh, here. Like one of the first things that I bought and I remember my first HELOC, the appraisal came so low and I was, this is so not right, especially in South Philadelphia. The guy was just going to different zip codes and just like, I was like, you are not from here. I know it. So I did my own report and send it to the bank. And because of that, we got 35,000 more that, than what I wouldn't. So it, of course, it did pay the course and I gained knowledge and confidence to do it all over again in the future. But it's how you also apply what you get, exactly. right? It doesn't yeah. really matter the value of it, but how can you apply and get your, your, your money back? Because if you keep sitting down and just getting the knowledge and say, yeah, I'm just learning, learning, learning. Once I feel ready, then I'll pull the trigger. I, uh, it doesn't happen. You got to take action. Yeah. Um, and those, those courses, you know, they're designed from people that have been doing this stuff. So they've already done it. So like, at least listen to the course. Like, you know, if you follow the course, you'll make money because it's already a system in place. And if you do every one of the things, you will be able to make money. It's just people shut down because I don't know how to do that, or that's too hard, or that takes too much time, or that needs money, or this. They have all these excuses for not following through. And I get the money thing because it does take money to get into real estate. I don't care what they say. There's no free way to get into real estate. It's either time or it's money. So pick your poison. If you don't have money, you're going to be spending time. You know, if you have the time, great, spend the time. If you have the money, spend the money and save your time to do other things. Absolutely. Another thing that I think people do and they pick and choose what they want. Okay, this I want to do it. Oh, calling somebody that I don't know, no, that I don't feel comfortable <laughs> with. And then they don't know why the recipe of the cake did not come out. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just follow a system that was put in place for somebody else before it worked and go for it and just shut down that voice inside your your brain saying oh no if i call them what they're gonna think of me or i what what would i say the property they might want to sell me the property i don't know what to do if they do exactly right the best case scenario must happen and then if it happened what do i do okay you buy it yeah i always tell new people you know, the good thing about big is, you know, a lot of people, if you go to the meetings all the time, so you call somebody and they say, yeah, I'll sell you the property. And you're like, oh no, now what do I do? Cause I don't know what to do next. <laughs> I say, you know what? Tell them you need to talk to your business partner. I can't do this without my business partner. I need to run it by them. And you call somebody and say, help, I need help. I know what I'm doing. So there'd be somebody there to back you up. And it gives you that time to think instead yes. of just being like, oh, well, uh, uh, you know, just say, I need to run this by a partner. And that'll give you time to figure out like help. I don't know if this is worth it. I you exactly. know, found a project. And, you know, a lot of us will partner with people that find a project because there's so few projects out there now. Absolutely. You know, there's somebody that'll say, listen, I'll help you. We'll split the profits. I'll do that all the time, um, but I'm not going to, you know, share a project with somebody that I do all the work, I provide all the money, and I provide all the knowledge. <laughs> so, <laughs> got to be something. Got to be give and take. So absolutely, and that's a good that's a good point, Stephanie, because you 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 do flips and um, and people do partner. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest outcomes of, of of especially local networking is people tend to partner together, and and that's great because you could really meet people, vet them. What would you say, because you are someone who's experienced, like you just said, if, if I bring 
like, you know, if you have somebody who's less experienced, what would they need to bring to the table? So, so the ladies listening to this, some of them are experienced, like they've done tons of deals. Some of them are newer and some of them are, you know, building their portfolio. So what are things of value that they can offer that somebody to your, like, like you just said, someone like yourself, myself, Andressa, whomever that has some experience, what would they need to bring to the table? What do you think? What would you see as a successful if you bring X, Y, and Z, somebody experience is going to be like, yeah, that's awesome. I can bring, you know, the, the, the money and the experience. So what would they need to bring to the table? They need to bring something. So it's got to be a project that's a good project that we can both make money on. Um, I'll partner with somebody, that a newbie that brings that in, but I'm, I have full control of the project because I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to give it to them and let them, you know, uh, learn on that project. They have to bring something. So a lot of people have money, but they don't know what to do with, like, with a project. So, okay, we can split financing. You pay half, I'll pay half, we'll split the profits. But I'm going to run the project. I'm going to teach you while we do this. And next project, you're on your own. So they have to bring something to the table. You can't just pick somebody's brain, borrow their money, you know, tell them to find a project for you. Yep. And unless you're willing to pay, you can pay for mentoring to do that. But you got to bring something to the table. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're all busy and I don't mind helping people, but you know, if I'm going to do all that work on the project, then I may as well own the project. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, and hands down right now, if you want to be around more experienced people, whether it's a flipper like Stephanie or somebody that knows construction like Andressa or someone who's, you know, buying um, multifamily and apartment building, someone like myself, whatever that person's niche is, if you can bring them property, especially in this market, they're going to want to work. They're going to want to bring you into the fold. I mean, yeah. I, so if you're listening to this and going, I don't know how to connect with that experienced person. And I really want to, you know, get involved with X niche in real estate, find a deal or a good opportunity and bring it to them. I'm telling right. you, that's the quickest, easiest way in today's market to and get you know around. What? Right? Once you do one with them, you keep bringing them projects and you know, I'll keep doing them with them. If they want me to help them with them on all of them, I'll do yeah. that. Or, yeah. you, can, you know, once you feel comfortable, say, I got a project, I want to do this on my own, but can I call you for consultation? Like every once in a while, I'll yeah. do that too, but bring something to the table. Um, you know, it's hard for newbies because they typically don't have any experience. That's why they're called newbies and they typically don't have money. So what are they bringing to the table? The only thing they can bring is a deal the only thing left to bring. Yeah. And if they have time to do it, time to look right. for that off yeah. market. Yeah. And I will add a little bit like a step further because I had a great conversation this week with somebody that is looking to do that. And, and my, her question was, okay, what is, how can I find this deal? Right. In our area here in, in Philadelphia, my experience is that when he's on the MLS is a little bit too late. So, mm -hmm. My recommendation to her that doesn't cost anything is actually healthy is just walking for dollars or, yeah. you know, riding a bike for dollars. Ask me what neighborhoods and what exactly I'm looking for and go hunt for those. Right. If you come with the lead, you find the, the, the person, talk to the neighbor, see what's going on around. My goal is to be inside that property as soon as possible. And that's how you can, you don't need to have the money to walk, right? You walk half an hour, an hour and find those leads for, for the investors and bring that to the table. That yeah. works. And one thing, ladies, that we have that men don't have, we're more approachable. So if I knock on the door, somebody's going to be more willing to talk to me than some big six foot eight guy that weighs 300 pounds. You know, you get some little old lady, she's going to be willing to talk to you and tell you why she needs to sell her house. Uh, it's just, you know, women will talk to women and it just, it just makes it easier for us to knock on doors than it does for the guys. It's true. We're more approachable. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, yeah, this is great discussion. I, I think, you know, networking is one of those things that seems so obvious, but it's just, it's just not. And uh, it takes time and energy and, and, and practice. So 
Stephanie, how can uh, the women listening, uh, you know, you know, a keep in touch with you and learn more about what you're up to, but but also get involved with all the like amazing things that Dig is up to because I can't say it enough. You know, it's it's just a phenomenal organization. So how can women learn more about uh, you as well as Dig? Okay, so you can contact me. Um, my email is executive director at digonline.org. That goes to me. Um, in addition to that, you can go to our website at digonline.org and get information on the upcoming meeting. Our next meeting is September 27th, and I'd love to have you there. And if you come, please tell me that you're here because you heard about this on the show. And um, come to the meeting, and I'll walk you around and give you some pointers of where you should go, what you should do. But it's a great networking meeting. It starts at 6. It's in Glenside at the North Hills Country Club. Um, it's pretty easy to get to. There's a train station right down the street, so no excuses. But, you know, come out and at least try one meeting and see how you like it. Um, we get a lot of people, once they come, they say, oh, best thing I ever did because everybody here is doing what I'm doing or want to do. Yeah, and ladies that just, just is listening to this and they're local, now you have an invitation. Stephanie just said, if you come to this meeting on the 27th of September, <laughs> she will personally connect you to people. She's the executive director of the organization. So if I'm someone listening to this and I need to get out there and be networking, we all should be going to that meeting, you know, make it, make it happen. So thank you for making that. We're a lot of fun too. We have a lot of fun. So please come join us and, uh, you know, be my guest at the meeting. Awesome. So all this information you can find on our show notes. Now we're going to go to our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Stephanie? Sure. We need some music, Stephanie. Yeah, I got to get some music. Like something that, yeah. I'll make the music. I don't know. Okay. Maybe that's not good. Oh, my gosh. All right. The first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? I have to say, and this, like everybody goes, oh, not him again, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad really struck a note with me. I came to the meeting and we actually had Robert Kiyosaki at our meeting. And it was awesome to hear him. And his book, it was just like, whoa, mind blown. Like, really? There's a different way to do life than to just work nine to five and retire. It was just, it was inspirational, you know, just to, to his quadrant of, you know, the different ways to make money and not just do a nine to five job and expect to have money when you retire and work every day of your life. Because there's a lot more going on than working every day. Um, I want to spend time with my grandkids and I've got rental income coming in. So I don't have to work 24-7 to, you know, sell a, a property or rehab a property. I can take a little bit of a break and I have income coming in to help support that. So that was, that was probably the best one that really, you know, was like a kick in the, you know, what to get me, whoa, that is a different way of looking at life. No doubt about it. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Okay, so first, I, first thing when I get up in the morning, I hit my computer, I do all my emails, all my work, and I try to get that all done by like 10 o'clock. Now I'm a realtor, so we don't show houses till after 10. We've got great mm -hmm. hours. But, you know, I usually get everything done. So the important stuff, the stuff that makes me money is taken care of first thing in the morning. And then it's off my plate. And the rest of the day, whatever comes, whatever happens, I've done the important stuff first. Um, I think that's important. Do the stuff that will help you grow your business now while you need to grow it. Once you're there, then retirement's the next step. Great. And the last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? You know, and I know you probably get this all the time, but my mother. I mean, she was a realtor. She was a go-getter. She was, she listened to people. She listened to their problems and she could connect them to houses better than anybody I know. She just, she knew what they wanted because she took them out. She listened to them. You know, if they were having problems, she listened to that and helped solve the problem, sell their house, get the most money they could for their house, that kind of thing. She just was an all around great person. She did real estate. She loved it. And everything she did, she loved doing. So, you know, they say when you find a job you love, it's not work. Yeah. Loved her job because it wasn't work to her. It was something she loved doing. Nice. 
That's amazing. Yeah, that's really neat that she was also in real estate too. Yeah, yeah. Well, she did so- other things besides that, but that was, you know, that's what got me into it kind of. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't an app that made her successful, right? Obviously, it was just that key relationship building that never gets expired and never gets old. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for being on our show today. We really appreciate you making time and just added so much great insight into encouraging the ladies listening to, you know, if you're local, get involved with with DIG, SJ RIA, all the different local groups, but more importantly, all the 31 countries that we connect right. with ladies, get out there and get out to your local networking uh, real estate investing groups. Don't just go online behind the computer, meet people, connect with them. That's where you're able to grow your business. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Thank you so much. Me. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. Great. We'll Thank see you. you soon, Andressa, at our yes. trade show in November. We have a trade show in November. And oh, yes. There to speak. So Yes, I'll be speaking there about rehabs and all good stuff. Great information. And, and Stephanie, can people, is that like, do you have to get tickets to, to attend that? How does that yeah, work? That's free. That's open to the public. It is in November. It's at the Radisson in Valley Forge. And it, we have about 70 vendors there. We have three educational seminars going. Uh, one's on wholesaling. So if you have no money and you want to get in cheap or you need properties, the wholesaling guy will teach you how to do the wholesaling. So that's interesting. And then we have somebody talking about how to use your IRA to, uh, to awesome. invest. So there's awesome. always good things going on. So uh, please come out and, and join us. I'll include yeah. that also in the show notes so people can learn more Come on, come, come say hello to, hello to me. Yeah, <laughs> yes, please. We'd love to fill the room. So um, Let's do it, girls. Yeah, and I, on our website as well. Yeah. I haven't been to one of those in a while, Stephanie, but I remember attending those and those were great because there's so many people that come, the vendors, the speakers, it's just awesome and it's all one day. So yeah. highly, awesome. highly encourage ladies to come out and obviously, you know, men and too. And we here. have great door prizes too. We oh. have thousands of dollars worth of door prizes. Oh, look at that. So oh, always great. So, awesome. Thank yeah. you again so much, Stephanie. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.